Section 18 of Birds and Nature, Volume 11, Number 1, January 1902. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in April 2018. Section 18. The Greenland Whale. Baleana mysticetus. The whale is by far the largest animal on earth, some species being many times the size of an elephant, and is it not a curious fact that in appearance it so resembles a fish that many suppose it to belong to that class, while truly it is not a fish at all? It is in reality much more like a cow or a horse, although externally it seems very unlike these animals, but appearances are not always to be relied upon. When we examine the construction of the whale, we find that it is warm-blooded, as we are. We find that it has immense lungs which hold a great quantity of air, and that it must fill them, or die. We find that it has bones similar to those of land animals. It has the seven neck bones found in all mammals, but it is the opposite extreme from the giraffe, as in proportion to its size it has the shortest neck of any mammal, while the giraffe has the longest. It has ribs, also bones for the forearm, and, nearly obliterated, there are found bones representing the hind legs. Instead of being hatched from an egg, as most fishes are, a baby whale comes into the world alive and complete, and for many months it takes its mother milk as a calf might do, or a young colt. A baby whale is indeed a monstrous infant, being sometimes ten or twelve or even fifteen feet long, but by its mother's side it does not seem such a monstrosity, for the whale mother may be forty-five or fifty feet in length herself. These great animals are a most interesting study, for their ancestors undoubtedly once lived on land. We can imagine the land animal, many centuries ago, dwelling on the banks of some large stream, fond of spending much time in the water, until with successive generations the shape of the animal gradually changed and adapted itself to its fluid surroundings. The forearms and hands gradually became covered with continuous skin until the arm and hand became a flipper, the rear limbs grew shorter and shorter as they were used less and less, until finally there was nothing left to indicate their presence except a few small bones. The tail, used as a propeller, grew strong, large, and flat, and we can imagine that the animals themselves, as they put out to sea and in time avoided even the rivers, became larger as the centuries passed by. However this may be, the Greenland whale has been found sixty feet in length, although some other species are smaller. I think we can consider the whale an animal of a roving disposition. In early times it roved away from land, and now it belongs to the migratory animals, changing its locality with the seasons. The Greenland whale is happiest with cold and ice, so when summer comes it travels north in great numbers. These great groups are called schools, and being of a social disposition it is seldom found alone when travelling. 
At first thought it would seem strange that a warm-blooded animal with no fur to protect it could so enjoy the cold, but should we examine beneath the soft, velvety skin, we would find a great layer of fat from ten to eighteen inches thick. This protects the animal from cold like a great soft overcoat, and the polar sea has for it no terrors. Of the peculiar make-up of the Greenland whale, the head is certainly the most peculiar of all the parts. It is a great, shapeless mass about a third of the length of the entire animal. It seems to be out of all proportion until one realizes that it must provide food for this great creature, which is no small task. Like all of the whalebone whales, the Greenland whale has no teeth, but in the mouth is found a great number of flexible, bone-like appendages, attached to the roof of the mouth and palate at one end, and hanging loose at the opposite end. These are known as the baleen plates, and form the whalebone of commerce. In the Greenland whale this whalebone hanging from the centre of the jaw is sometimes twelve feet in length, and as there are from two hundred and fifty to four hundred in number, the great value of the baleen is readily seen. When the great animal opens its mouth, a rowboat with its oarsmen could easily be taken in, yet the animal eats only small crustaceans, mollusks, worms, and minute forms of life. When the immense mouth opens, it takes in a large amount of water containing its food. The mouth then closes, but the water is permitted to flow out, the baleen acting like a sieve, retaining the food supply within and allowing the water to ooze away. The food is retained on the great tongue and swallowed at leisure. The eye of the whale is very small, the ear is barely perceptible, yet when submerged the sight is keen and the hearing well developed. The nostrils are placed on the top of the head so that the whale, when rising, can readily begin the operation of breathing. With a snorting noise the animal first blows up the water which has entered the imperfectly closed nostrils when submerged. This is done with such force that the water is separated into fine drops and thrown fifteen or eighteen feet into the air. The whale then breathes with a rapid inspiration, making a sort of moaning sound. When the lungs are filled with air it will plunge beneath the surface of the water and remain for perhaps twenty minutes before appearing again, although when wounded it remains under water a much longer time. In spite of its great size, the whale is so perfectly adapted to its surroundings that it is a highly active animal. It swims without apparent effort, and on account of the great strength of the enormous horizontal tail fin, it can jerk itself above the water and take long leaps. The smoothness of the skin facilitates the passage of the immense bulk through the water, and the thick layer of fat diminishes the weight, so that a whale can move with the rapidity of a steamship. The Greenland whale is, on the whole, an amiable animal. It seems to prefer to live at peace with its kind, and although it can make great havoc with its immense tail fin, it seemingly does so by accident rather than from viciousness. Like all other animals, the whale has its enemies, especially when young. The killer whale and some sharks hunt and attack the young whales, 
as indeed they do the older ones, but the greatest enemy of all is man. For a thousand years he has systematically pursued and captured many species, until some are nearly exterminated. The Americans became great whale hunters in the 19th century, and in the 38 years from 1835 to 1872, nearly 20,000 ships engaged in this industry. These whaling ships were fitted especially for this work. They were built to withstand the perils of the ice-bound northern seas and were arranged for long voyages. It was a sad day in the coast villages when the whalers sailed on these long, perilous and uncertain cruises, for the ships frequently were gone three years, and some never came back, though as a whole the actual loss of human life was comparatively small. A number of ships would, if possible, keep sufficiently near together to render assistance in case of accident. After reaching the whaling grounds, usually two men were kept on the mast as a lookout. When the cry came, there they spout, all became excitement. As soon as it was determined that the whales were the species which they were seeking, the boats were lowered, the harpoons, the lances, the gun, the hatchet, the knife, the blubber spade, and, most important of all, the line, were all placed in the boat together with a keg of fresh water, some ship's biscuit, the lantern, candles, and matches, and in a very short time the men were lustily pulling toward the monster they hoped to capture. They endeavoured to approach the whale from the rear, and often were not discovered by the animal until the harpoons were buried in its body. The boat was then rowed backward with great speed, as the whale could easily annihilate it with one blow of its great tail. Frequently the whale would dive down perpendicularly to a great depth, and if the line was not sufficiently long, it would of course pull the boat after it. In time the whale was obliged to rise for air, and the struggle was renewed. Other boats approached and threw their harpoons, and the whale either turned upon its tormentors, or ran, dragging the boats after it. In time it became exhausted, and then it was killed either with the gun, harpoon, or a hand lance. It was then towed to the ship's side, made fast with chains and placed to float head backwards. The blubber was then torn off by means of pulleys and tackle. This process lasted from four to eight hours. The upper jaw of the whalebone whale, or the lower jaw of the sperm whale, was then cut off and taken on deck. After all the valuable parts were taken, the carcass was cast adrift. The blubber was then cut into pieces and tried out, the oil being stowed away in barrels. The value of the whale may be as high as $10,000. The trying out of the oil is indeed a weird sight. At first, wood is used as a fuel, but afterward the residue of the blubber, called cracklings, is used, as it possesses sufficient heating power to finish the work. Attired in their worst clothes, writes Petuel Löschke, half-naked, dancing and singing, running after one another and brandishing their tools, dripping with oil and sooty like devils, the crew disport themselves about the hearth. An intensely active life prevails on board. The sight of this activity is doubly striking by night when a mass of the cracklings is hoisted up in an iron basket. This strange torch burns merrily, 
casting a weird light on the scene as the blazing flames throw glaring, fitful rays on the deck and bring out in bold relief the black clouds of smoke and the masts with their sails, the reflection extending far out over the sea. By day, huge masses of smoke on the horizon betray the presence of a whaler which tries out the blubber, long before one catches sight of the ship itself. John Ainsley End of section 18